you're just you're you're giving like like my my son or my daughter has all of these gifts they can make this huge impact on the world and they're taking all of it all that they've received and like and they're just spending it on visiting like friends They're, they're they're spending it on going with someone who's committed a crime to their to their hearing they're spending it on and those who are in addiction, like, like, like what, like, what a waste. But right, what does Jesus tell us? That what you did for the least, my brethren, you did it for me. Yeah, you know, and to to be sort of gratuitous and overflowing, and even kind of like wasteful in love for Jesus and for Jesus in the in in the poor. Like, that's not that's not that's no waste at all. People of Christian City, people of every everywhere around the world. This is David. Christopher Pacheco. Hi, my name is Kimmy. My name is Arthur Ortiz. Been in Denver since 1973. Okay, so let's just talk in circles for a little bit. Let's talk in circles. Yeah. Just shoot the breeze a little yeah. bit. Now they see beyond what I look like. They see what my actions are and say, hey, that is a good person. A lot of people say home is home is where the heart is, but my heart's in many places. It's just I don't know where home is. Welcome back to Homeless But Human. Back with you today is myself, Blake, and... And myself, Shayla. And then we have a fun self, Father Mark Mary, back for another episode. What's up, everybody? Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Yeah, we, uh, as you heard in the last episode, Father Mark Mary has been coming around. And in the last episode, we asked you to share a little bit, you know, like, what was your first impression when you showed up to this place? But... Now the next question is, why do you keep coming back, man? This is like year, year four or five you've been involved with the program. You just keep finding your way back here. <laughs> All the way from New York. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there, you know, there's actually, like, I, I do feel, probably there's a number of reasons for it. There, There is like one part, and I'll kind of give a, a more substantial part. Is for whatever reason, the Lord has kind of brought some people into my life that are kind of like, there's, there's like people and there's my people and there's like my people. Like there's like these circles of, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? And and some of like my people. Um, oh, are we like some of the people? Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> and so they, they've been here. And so that's kind of been, that's kind of been a drop. But I do feel like there is such like a kind of a kindredness to what yeah. you're doing here mm-hmm. at Christ in the City and, and what we do. And I do feel like we all kind of need... And, and, and Crescent City obviously provides like a huge number of spiritual fathers, but to, to have someone come in as well, just kind of who, who can kind of just like affirm what they're doing, like more than anything, I just want to come and like say thank you and encourage and affirm because right in a real sense, my, my call as a Franciscan priest <clears throat> is to be a, a father of the poor and mm. that the missionaries here at Christ in the city are, are in some sense like friends to my my children and they're, they're take care, taking care of those who I care about. And so it is just, it, it moves me deeply and it means a lot to me. I also know that being a young missionary and being in this kind of context in this situation, like there's, there's some real sacrifices and some real, like the, the prayer in the community life is, is real and it's challenging yeah. and it brings stuff up. And so also just to be, to be able to come and enter in and be someone who like gets it mm-hmm. from like from the inside, you know, yeah. and, and can just be kind of a place to love and encourage you know, I love it here and, and I, I feel very deeply loved when I'm here, but, but really it is, I just, I feel like the Lord has given me a little bit of my own heart or his own heart for, for Christ in the city. And, and it, and I deeply want to just love and, and care for and affirm uh, the missionaries and the mission. 
We thank you so much for that. And we feel that deeply. I mean, we had mass today. There wasn't a dry, dry eye after that homily. So thank you for showing your love to us. The missionaries um, are, you know, lining up to, to talk to you. So this it's really great to have you here. Yeah, I think it's it's remarkable. I mean, Father, you know, you come around, but you're not here daily, yet the missionaries, it's just like you said, that like familiarity right. with the program, right? It's like just that familiarity with the hearts here, you know, and like the sacrifices and like, hey, we're like, we're in this together. You know, you really bring that sense. And I think that's something that, yeah, all, all of you out there serving the poor, it's like, we're in this together. You know, like we see those challenges, those joys and father sees those challenges, sees those joys. And yeah, I, I love that though, that you're the, the father of the poor, right? Which mm-hmm. was truly what Francis was. And oh goodness, that, that one's what, yeah, what a reflection, right? It's yeah. like, yeah, they're, they're my children. Mm-hmm. We even had a couple of other CFR fathers here last night, Father Gabriel and Father Angelus, and just even like hearing about it over the weekend and be- last week talking about it. We're just excited to like have, like you said, like-minded and just like kindred kindred spirits in the home. Like you, you guys are doing this in a much more real lifelong sense in New York City. Um, but we, we're doing it in a, a different sense here in Denver, but it's similar. And so it's just... Yeah, to be able to connect in that way is super unique. Yeah, so good. So, so good. good. Well, thank you for being here again, Father. We really appreciate it and appreciate your time. Yeah, so last episode, we had talked a little bit about like why people should care. And this episode, I kind of want to talk a little bit about the how and maybe talking about that a little bit deeper of how like Christ in the city is doing this and how people can reflect this in their own lives and maybe give a few more practicals and talking about how like, Christ in the city specifically here in Denver, we don't have like a a shelter here. We don't have a hospital. We don't have something that's like an actual service that we run as far as like the physical services. But what we have more so is our missionaries get to go to the streets and they get to walk the same routes and kind of offer that service of friendship in a sense. So I think there just can be some skepticism at times from people about, about the approach and kind of what are we actually even doing and father, I just want to hear from like, from your perspective off the bat, like how does Christ in the city actually like affect the homeless? How does someone like going out and, and meeting someone multiple times a week, like how does that actually change the poor and how does that affect Yeah. Them? Not only our missionaries, but our listeners, right? Our listeners, those who just want to go out and serve the poor, or see someone at a grocery store, like how does that affect their lives? Right. Yeah. Maybe to, to begin to kind of give some language to it, what what I like to say is that like it's it's family that will save the world, or what we can say is is like the beauty of family that will save the world. Because what I, I I deeply desire and my deepest desire is actually to be known and to be loved, to be a part of of a community, to be yeah to be part of of a family, and and absolutely there is the beatific vision. There's the overwhelming experience of the beauty of God that is heaven, but also it is it's this eternal kind of like entering into the like familial relationship with God as, yeah. as sons and daughters. Right. And that's God is this relationship in this family. And so my understanding some ways of, of the role of the church is to kind of united in, in, in as family to, to kind of be family to the world. Mm. Right. And, and that, and this is the call and that loving and serving the poor and all that actually fits within this. Right. Mm. And so how that I think is related to this is that again, what, what the world's needs, what the poor needs 
does include justice, does include right. education, does right. include shelter and housing. And right, that's all part of what a family offers. But the most important thing I'd say that like a family offers is is being known and being loved of of experiencing communion and community. And and if we can provide that for the world, if we can provide that for the church, and if we can part of be be part of even even redeeming the fallenness and the brokenness of the families which which so many people have, yeah, that perhaps is the greatest gift that we can give to people. And everything else we're doing really is to be kind of ordered towards bringing people into to this this union and this communion with the body, with the society, with the church, and then ultimately, of course, right, uh, with God himself. And so so I think it's part of the saving work, and I, I think it, it's an essential component of actually establishing the kingdom of God on earth. The kingdom of God on earth, I would say, is um, kind of the fullness of the the human, the Christian family with, with God as king, but with God kind of most perfectly as father. So that, those are kind of some, some initial thoughts, yeah. how to frame it. Um, yeah. What does Jesus do? He makes a family. He oh, creates yeah. a communion and then he sends this communion out to build communion. You know, and we look at, right, you can look at, uh, it's in Mark chapter five, this, the, the hemorrhaging woman, right? So, so the yeah. woman, and it's, if you look at it, there's something so profound, right? This woman who, there's a whole meditation upon it, but right, who's, who's been bleeding for 12 years, right? And so, and part of the, the consequences of being, of sort of hemorrhaging blood is that you're considered unclean. And so you're the result of that, of your, mm-hmm. out, your outcast. And so she hears, right, kind of with nothing else to hold on to, she hears that, that Jesus is coming, that Je- and somehow there's this little bit of faith that perhaps Jesus can, can heal her. Yeah. But what the gospel says, and I think it's a really important note, is it says that she, she comes from behind. She comes from behind. Huh. And so she, she almost comes in like in hiding. She comes in darkness. She touches Jesus' cloak. She's healed and she knows it. And she immediately goes back into obscurity. She immediately kind of goes back into hiding. And... And what is like what Jesus does, he's on his way towards where like a, a young girl's dying. He stops everything and he stops and he's not content with her just being physically healed. He goes after her and he pursues her and she falls at his feet and she looks at and he looks upon her lovingly and he says to her, the first thing he says to her is daughter, right? And it's daughter. And, and for Jesus, his mission and the mission of the church isn't just like in her life, isn't just to heal yeah. the physical, it's to restore her to the dignity and to remind her of what it means to be daughter mm-hmm. and to bring her into this in this family. And so for us, again, who are called like this, we, we can't separate the call from to the poor from the, from the mission of Christ himself. Again, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. Like part of this call and integral to it and foundational to it, as we see in Jesus' own life, is relationship and is looking upon people lovingly and reminding them that they are son and that they are daughter. And and if we've given them everything, we haven't given them that, our work is not finished. Mm. Yeah, and it's hard, right? And I think it's not necessarily appreciated, or those of us who are in kind of the relational ministry can can be tempted to being self-conscious about it. Because, right, like maybe you pull up to a stoplight and a homeless person's there, right? And they're asking for a handout. And maybe you don't have anything you can give them, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but you can look at them and say, okay, what's your what's your name? Okay, like, hey, hey, Leon, great to meet you. God bless you. You know, sorry, I can't give you anything right yeah. now, but but I'll be praying for you, right? And you leave there looking upon them, uh, affirming their dignity. From what the external, like, eyes can see, he's still begging on the side of the street. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like, what, like, did you actually change anything? Mm-hmm. And what you don't have access to, right, is that, you know, 
again, like how many people are looking about looking at him and loving him and respecting him. Yeah. Right. And that, you know, again, maybe a couple cents or like something to eat, you know, it's going to tide him over for 15 minutes or an hour or two hours, whatever it is. But perhaps that look of love again, sort of feeds his soul for until the next day or, or, or it can be even kind of greater than that. I had a, an experience the other day when I was <clears throat> driving downtown in Denver and Similarly, I was at a stoplight and I didn't have anything in my car to, to hand to this man that was holding a sign. And I just rolled down my window and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to just say hi and ask him his name. And I did. And I was like, hi, I'm like, my name is Shayla. I don't have anything. Sorry, I don't have anything, but I just wanted to like, oh, say, I hope you have a good day and just kind of like say hello. And immediately he actually, a little bit opposite, he was just like, oh, okay, whatever. Like he didn't, he wasn't, wasn't interested really. And I, I walked away from that. I was like, okay, but did I do that just to like get, get the positive reaction? Like it kind of made me look, look internally too. Like, did I just say hello? So it would make me feel good. Or did I say hello? Because he's worth that. Did I say hello and ask him his name because he's worth being asked that. And at the end of the day, maybe, I mean, who knows? That was a couple, couple of weeks ago. Maybe that was really affirming yeah. for him. And maybe he did think about it later that day, but for me, it, it, almost initial shock, I was like, oh, shoot, I should have had something. I should have been more prepared. Well, you saw him as son. Yeah. Right. It's like, Father, you just said, like, yeah, do we do we see them as son or daughter or friend? It's like, even if that man didn't see himself like that, which sometimes happens, you know, the missionaries go out, the brothers go out, CFRs, and, you know, you, the reaction's bad. Well, we saw them, like, for who they were. You know, not mm-hmm. fully. Only God can do that, but for who they were. And sometimes that, yeah, it, it takes time, you know, Shayla, it's a, it's a great question. Like, I wonder if later in the day he, you know, reflected on that. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, Father, because for Christ in the City, our, our approach is to send missionaries out walking the same route. And it's that like, that's in hopes that they can become familiar with the people on their route, that they can have, in a sense, a familial feel with these people and like actually start forming more long-term relationships, not just like a, a one-time hello. And so I wonder if you could like talk about that, even in maybe your ministry specifically, how empowering that can be for people and how just like trust in itself and trust of people, how gaining that trust can be super helpful and even just affirming to to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's something we do similarly. I, I live in, in Harlem at our apostasy house and, and actually pre-COVID, we... Uh, kind of our, <clears throat> our main apostolate to the poor was we had this like big soup kitchen. So it's almost like our lunch in the park. We had that, we had that once a week and it'd be yeah. a big turnout. Maybe a hundred people would come in. Mm. And then about three days a week, we would have what we call our, like our cafe because our neighborhood in Harlem, it's not the poorest neighborhood. And mm. most of our neighbors <clears throat> do have like materially kind of what they need. There's some government housing, things like that, mm-hmm. but their poverty is, is communion and community. Yeah. And so the, 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 the cafe itself gives like very small things to eat, but mostly what it does is gives them a space to kind of have friendship and to be right, safe right. and to have kind of all that sort of stuff, right? But as as kind of COVID happened for a couple of years, those had to close down. So one of the the, the things that, that the Lord invited us to that continues to this day is what we, we call them like Jesus runs. I know you call them street walks. <laughs> yeah. So we're like, we're in a hurry. No, but, mm, yeah. but, but we've been doing that now for a couple of years and the postulants... And the brothers, they put together like a little something to give folks. Sure. Yep. And then, but it's a similar thing is we have, we have teams and they go and they go to the same, 
the same pass basically again and again. We have a couple of spots. And that's right. It just, come on, to be honest, like it just makes sense. Yeah. You know, because it really does. Yeah. Right. It's just a good, it's good strategy. Right. Because like as relationships with our friends on the street, relationships, anybody like it takes some time. Right. And, and it takes some, you know, you got to get you, you, especially, yeah, sometimes those of our, our friends on the street can be even a little bit more kind of like on guard. Oh yeah. And, and so it's, it's time to kind of, to see them, to see them, to see them, to build relationships, to get to hear their stories, to win their trust. And, you know, like over time, eventually these relationships build and they deepen. And right. And I've been, I've been on street walk, walks with, with Christ and city missionaries. Right. And you go to these places and immediately everyone knows everyone's name. And it's, it is like this, like, Oh, like you're kind of very quickly kind of uh, operating at like a deeper level. It's not just like niceties and small talk yeah. and mm-hmm. whatever. It's like, here's what's happening. Here's my story. Right. And so, so the street walks and, and the teams and kind of the consistent path is, is just genius and strategic and it just makes, it makes sense and it's beautiful. Right. And again, it's hard because it's something that it's, it's, the, it's a, it's a depth game and what, what is hard to quantify and hard to communicate. And, and, and in some sense, because we can't really communicate it, it's hard to value is like, is impact of depth. Right. And so when, mm-hmm. When a Christ in the City missionary takes someone to their court appearance, you know, it's like, it's hard, it's hard to really kind of just like to make some sort of like pitch for why this is important using numbers. But for somebody to go into a a very difficult situation and not to go into it alone, like what, what type of gift that is to that person, like is unquantifiable, right? To have, to, to be in, to not be alone in a difficult situation is an incredible gift. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and we have all these kind of like similar stories of just being able to create space uh, to, you know, we go and we have one of our neighbors who, who likes to come by and it's a thing like every week we just kind of go and take her to McDonald's and get like a cup of coffee with her. And it's one woman and it's not a huge like change of her life, but this is just like for her, it's family for her, it's family. Mm-hmm. And, and, and maybe just I'll, I'll kind of pitch it over to you to kind of to fill it in, but just uh, like it's such a beautiful gift. I mean, I just wonder like how beautifully our Lord sees that. Uh, I mean, you're that's exactly how I how I see it for for the missionaries here. Just getting to actually like create family. It's it's something that I've found that I've been pretty shocked by since I've been working at Christ in the City and being here in Denver that. On the outside, when you're, you know, we call, we say our friends on the street, and a lot of times people can think twice about that. They're like, and sometimes we even use it so casually that they don't know if we're talking about like our friends here in Denver, in the community, Christ in the city, in, are we talking about our homeless friends? But we'll, we'll say our friends and like this, this is our family and our friends. And that's something from the outside. I was like, okay, if we don't maybe explain that to people, they, they might just think like, oh, that's nice for them. Like that's, or that, how real is that even? But like being a part of the community, these are like, this is truly, it's friendship. It's, and it's not always easy. It's like you said, it's all different types of people and you don't know, I always know what's going to happen in the friendship, but it's free friendship nonetheless. Like it is, it's beautiful. Yeah. And it, it family keeps getting brought up here. But like you said, uh, what I loved is you're like, you know, they become family, right? The poor become family. When we go out, when we go out regularly to these areas, it's like, oh, you're going to see family, right? And the roles of family, just like I was reflecting on that as you were, you were talking, it's like, yeah, some people 
I'm sure the CFRs are more like fathers too. Like I am your father. Other, you're you're probably more like a sibling, you know, and the, <laughs> a little the C- sister, yeah, yeah, I or a little a sister, or some, or like, you know, and it's like it is it is remarkable how much friendship flows from families, mm-hmm. right? And that last quote of like, oh, I'm mad at you, but I still love you. Is that not something we tell our family all? Like, yep. <laughs> you know, it's like when you, you know, your parents, like God the Father. I mean, again, I just had a baby, and it's like, oh yeah, I can see this for the first time. Of like, he will make me mad at some point. I will make him mad, but I still love him. You know, and like that, that ascent, that sense of family father is something that I think I love reflecting on that. I, I really do. I think that's the reality. But again, with family, sometimes we're the son, sometimes we're the daughter, sometimes we're the mother, sometimes we're the father. And then sometimes we're the sibling and we just get to cause havoc together, you know, <laughs> and it's like in those moments, even with the poor and our own friends, right? Sometimes you're giving advice. Sometimes you're receiving. Sometimes you're, you know, I, I don't even remember if I'm talking about the poor, my own friends or family, mm-hmm. you know, but it's so similar and familial and something that we all have that common experience. And as you said, family will save the world. We know so many people's families are broken, right? In the fall and just people who didn't have that proper parental experience they should have or deserve to, and just being able to be that for them you know, and, in knowing like, that's, that's the greatest gift you can say. You said, you know, you know, it's like, yeah, we may not change the world. And I'd come right back and say like one of the, my favorite reflections, I can't remember who this was from, but it was just like, you change the world when you change someone's world, you know, just almost taking it back to that, that individual familial level. Mm-hmm. Can I, I'm going to flesh out the kind of the family theme. For yeah, a second. let's do it part of how it kind of got on my radar and how I was kind of really kind of wrestling with it or just reflecting on it is I did have a chance to work at our homeless shelter in the Bronx for a Mm -hmm. little bit. Right. And there's one of the questions you get asked is like, what, like, why are, why are these guys ending up homeless? Right. Like what's the pattern? Yeah. And sure. There are some components of it, which are uh, substance. There's some component of it, of people who have come in from other countries and they just didn't have anyone, right? And they couldn't, yeah. they, so they, they don't have anything. They're just here. There are some people who kind of just like lost a job. So there's, there's like, there's not really like, here's the, the pattern. But the one thing that actually I would say is most common, I wouldn't just say it, it is the reality. Like what is most common, it's not exclusive, but the most common is that they have broken families. Mm. The, the one thing that they're lacking, the, like the most commonly lacking part of these people's lives is actually that just they don't have family. And, you know, for me, like the reality is, I just, I don't know that I would ever end up in a homeless shelter because of like, I have the safety net of my family. Yeah. You know? And, and so what we as Franciscans, I really think what God is calling us to, to do is to be that family. Right. And, and the safety net that I have in my biological, natural family, these men have in our, in the spiritual family. And so that's what we're called to be. And so there is a real part of like to receive them and, and to be there for them when kind of, again, life's falling apart and to be kind of a safety net. That's part of our call of family. And then yeah. also though, to kind of keep going with it again, it's like we, one of the things we do, and, and I'm sure you guys kind of have, do some similar practices is as men enter, one of the first things that we're going to take note of is their birthday. Right. And we're, all, we're going to kind of pay mm-hmm. very close attention. There's a sheet just of their birthday. Oh, that's awesome. You know, we and, do the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so they're like one of my favorites, because what we're going to do is when it is their birthday, we're going to have a cake with their name in on it. We're going to, or with their name on it. We're going to have candles. We're going to mm-hmm. do that whole thing. We're going to sing them happy birthday. Right. And there's this really powerful story of, he's probably 50, 55 years old. He'd been in jail for about 10 or 15 years. And so he's kind of like a hard 
kind of guy. And he was with us for whatever it was, a couple of months at this point. And it's his birthday and we know it. And he doesn't know what's about to, to, to happen. And so we all turn the lights, lights, come, lights turn down. The birthday do cake comes yep. out. They bring it to him. <laughs> Everyone starts singing happy birthday. And the lights, the lights, you know, he blows the candles, lights turn on. And as the lights turned on, he sees that his like name is on the cake. Mm-hmm. And, he, he, and he immediately begins to break down and crying. And we're kind of like, at, at first it's like not obvious, like what, what happened. And, and you hear him say to the priest, he's like, hey, because the priest's like, hey, like, what's going on? You all right? He's like, I've just never had a, a birthday cake with my name oh on my it. Oh, my gosh. Wow. You know, that, that name in some ways, like, symbolizing, like, that personal particular love that's just for him, you know, and, and in not having a name on his birthday cake before in some sense, what he's saying is, like, I've just never kind of been loved and celebrated as me. And that, again, is, like, being his brothers, being his big brothers or his little brothers or whatever, like, whatever family you want to call it, like that's just, I do think that's living family. Yeah. And that's the saving, the saving part of family is again, like we save through it. Like Jesus saves him from the lie that he's not known. He's not loved. Right. And, and, and then a a second part of it, which I think is very real is I have like cousins who, who I've grown up and who grown up like living in very different States from, yeah, you know, I've seen them probably Mm -hmm. like once every seven, eight, 10 years, something especially like that. being from California now living in New York city, like not an easy. Right. 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 And, but there's this fascinating thing is that when we see each other, you know, maybe I've seen them like five or six times, like in my entire life, there's like this bond yeah. and there is this like immediate, like we're united because, because we're family, mm. you know, and, and that is the second part of it, of the saving component of family is that we experience and we know a deep loyalty to family. But, but we have to remember that the, the spiritual family and us being united as, as brothers and sisters and therefore having a real duty to each other is, is, is real. It's yeah. real and it's not exclusive to our natural family. Mm. And so I do think that part of when we really kind of come to see what it means to be a son and God, a father, and to have these other brothers and sisters in our same family is I think if we really, that, if we experience that truth and allow it to sink in, it will kind of naturally flow into kind of a greater love and response and, and taking ownership of a duty to, to be there for um, our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Right. At the same time, when then you look to the, the poor, right? The homeless, these brothers and sisters. And it's like, at the same time, you don't just show up and be like, oh, your family, you're my brother and sister in Christ. Like you're on the street. It does take time to learn right like that like that adoption that learning that figuring it out like learning about the person and it take that time so what i'm trying to say is is like yes there's that initial draw but then you want to keep getting to know them right and it's like the poor i think that's almost like crossing that threshold of like this is another on the street to that is my family on the street and what does that do to the way we approach this person you know shayla the the guy at the stoplight who didn't receive you well, it's like, yeah, well, he's my brother. You know, it's like, hey, he didn't like me saying hi to him. He was disappointed. Well, my brothers are always disappointed. You, know, you <laughs> yeah. know, it's like, you feel that. It's like, but you know, and when we can be convinced that they're family, it's like, it's kind of shocking, you know, what that does for our boldness and our courage. And like, no, we, we want to help them. Like we, they're part of our crew, you know, and we, we that's just, oh, I love that, that family piece. Right. Oh, family. 
if, if I'm going to kind of share just maybe like a funny kind of story and then, oh, yeah. and then maybe kind of take it another level is one of my favorite stories of, of kind of living in my particular neighborhood and work with the poor is it is like, and that's part of what's fun is right. It's just like a cast of characters, you know? And, and one of our, one of our neighbors is, is this, uh, you know, the Bronx zoo is free on Wednesdays. And so one of the things that we did is we're <laughs> taking, t- taking some of our neighbors just to the zoo. Right. And these are like, you know, they're not kids, they're older, but one of our neighbors, she's blind. And so, and so there's this really beautiful story of like bringing our neighbors and bringing, like loading up the minivan with, you know, and our blind neighbor and taking her to, you know, to see the animals. And it's like, all right, Joanne, we're, you know, we're looking at, we're looking at a polar bear. And she's like, oh, what's it doing? What's it doing? It's like, no, it's just, you know, it's just sitting there. It's like, oh, lazy polar bear. You know? Oh my God. But right. Like there, I don't know. It's just something about that. It's like, I, and this is part of, you know, like as Franciscans, we don't have like TV, you don't have movies, we don't have yeah. internet where we are. And, and part of why we don't need the entertainment is because there is this like deeper experience of life and of joy and of all of that that we get with yeah. being in real life and, mm-hmm. and and bringing our blind neighbor to the zoo and trying to <laughs> tell her about the polar bears and all that, you know? A sitcom, really. That's what that was. Yeah. That's an episode. 100%. Right you know, if we were, yeah. If we had like a reality show about our life and our neighbors, it would be, it would be a hit, no doubt. <laughs> like no doubt. But right, and this is kind of, just again, part of the joy of like what we're yeah. talking about, like the joy, the joy of family to kind of bring it again, kind of maybe one level deeper is there is this, like, we kind of use the language or I do maybe sometimes like within the community of like where, like when we come, like one of the things, like when you come on a vocation visit, like one of the experiences that men often have, if it's for them, is like there's an experience of being at home and, and how it kind of develops is like home, homes like where the brothers are. There really is a real sense in which, yeah. which we can be, on mission wherever, but there's a real sense of actually being home when we're with our brothers. And there's, this is be a, this is about to be a very classic Franciscan moment because I'm going to, I'm a quote book. I don't, I have never read. But there's Charles Darwin. I do actually like Charles Darwin, but apparently I think it's this book in Nicholas Nickleby, which is one of his, which I started to read and I, I it didn't do it for me. But, um, but there's this, there's these two characters in it. And one of them, I, I guess, I think, so some of your listeners are going to know the actual story, but that's, that's beside the point. One of them's like, kind of like a poor, maybe like homeless kind of vagabondy kid. And he has another guy who's kind of like walking with him. I think it's Nicholas. And, and, and the, the, the conversation is something like this. It's like, like, don't you like, I don't know, like, don't you want to go home? And he says, well, like, but, but Nicholas, you are my home. And, and uh, again, I don't remember all the, concept, wow. all, this, yeah. all the, all the situation, but I don't remember all the details, but, but the idea was just, this is like that in his, in his friend, yeah, he had, he had found kind of a, a home, a place of belonging. Right. And there is this, this reality that by being friends with, you know, the homeless, they may remain like shelterless, but they may no longer be homeless mm-hmm. because they can experience a place of home in, you know, in the missionaries who are, who are with them. Right. And that that's like that place of belonging and that place again of like home, which ultimately is iconic and pointing to the home that we have in the heart of our father. Mm. Um, like again, like that's, that's real. And, oh yeah. And that's real. And their lifestyle and all that sort of stuff, which is real may not allow them to kind of be in a situation where they're just going to be, you know, in an apartment or whatever like that. But, but if we love them well, uh, they might be able to find a home mm-hmm. in us. Well, it shows, I mean, that story from you, it shows how sold you are on that idea because for those who aren't aware, the Franciscans, I mean, you guys have communities all over the world. You could get sent to all sorts of community. You're under obedience. So, you you know, 
And it's like for you to say though, it's like, you know what? I, I can be sent anywhere, a place I've never been, but I'm home day one. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, yeah. Like what, it, what is home? You know? And I think that even shows, yeah, I'm sure the poor just feel so connected with you guys in the, in the shelters and the soup kitchens, because you're living a similar life to them, you know, in, in a weird way that like transient don't have much to your name, you know, at the same time, it's like, and the joy can be there right? that sense of belonging and home and it's the family, mm-hmm. you know, and just inviting people into that is yeah. The, the mission, right. The mission of that family. Yeah. There's a, you know, there's the, the gospel account of, of the woman who breaks the alabaster jar mm-hmm. at the feet of Jesus and anoints his feet. Right. And there's, there's this kind of pushback in, in one account. It's from Judas of like, uh, like, why'd you waste all that, all of that, you know? Uh, and in him, he's saying like, why did you waste that? It could have been used for the poor. And as the gospel kind of fills in, like he wasn't actually worried about the poor, but, but there is a <laughs> sense like of like, there is this, like this pouring out of this alabaster jar of this giving of the best to anoint the feet of Jesus as kind of in preparation for his, his death. And there can be, a, I bet, a real experience to probably many of the parents of the missionaries, to people who see kind of from with, without, it's like, you're just, you're, you're giving like, like my, my son or my daughter has all of these gifts. They can make this huge impact on the world and they're taking all of it, all of that they've received <clears throat> and like, and they're just spending it on visiting like friends. They're, they're, they're spending it on, going with someone who's committed a crime to their to their hearing they're spending it on on those who are in addiction like 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 what like what a waste but right what does Jesus tell us that what you did for the least my brethren you did it for me yeah you know and to to be sort of gratuitous and overflowing and even kind of like wasteful in love for Jesus and for Jesus in the in in the poor like that's not that's not that's no waste at all it's no waste at all. That's the gospel, you know, and that is a, that releases this uh, beautiful fragrance into the world and, and, and to, it's a beautiful offering to the Lord. And I get it, you know, I do get it that from a very worldly point of view, it's like, what do you, you know, like Father Mark, like, what do you, like, you could be doing all this sort of, like, why are you wasting your life with taking the blind woman to the to zoo? The zoo. <laughs> it's like, but it's, you know, it's just what fathers, it's like what we do. It's what fathers yeah. do. It's what family does. It's not a waste. And again, like, again, that what we do for the least of our brethren, we do it for Jesus. Like, we we do it for him. And anything that we do for him, big or small, it's, it's not wasted. And I do think that the mission of Christ in the city is specific. Where it is, it's just the being friends, you know, uh, being friends of, you know, our friends on the street. And no doubt that there, it's, it's, it's difficult, right? Because, you know, again, like there can be a lot of different works that you're doing. You could be running, you can be running a soup kitchen, feeding 350, 400 people a night and you got numbers and you can communicate those numbers and those numbers make sense to other people. Yeah. And maybe, you know, parents of missionaries, prospective missionaries, again, like those numbers make sense. But, but the work you're doing of relationship and of loving people and of being family, again, to, to many people in the world, it even even really sincere, good-hearted people, like it, it may be confusing and hard to grasp and hard to get, but just knowing, but as, as someone, you know, and I guess I'll just put it in this context, like I just need to be loved. 
and I like if you if you love me and you care for me, like I'm gonna be good, kind of no matter what happens. You yeah. know, and and that which I desire to receive the most is family and his love and is, is that kind of stuff, and to be somebody who's with me in my own mess. And and so if I can give that, and if Christ in the city, as you do, can continue to give that to people who have no one else to give it to them, I do think it is it's the privilege and it's the most beautiful of gifts that you, that you can give. I, I really do. I love that. Yeah, it, it's like you'll you'll figure out the food, you know. But if you know you're loved, mm-hmm. oh man, it's the greatest the greatest of the gifts. Thank you so much, Father. That was, mm-hmm. yeah, my goodness. What a, what an affirmation. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so real. You know, like it comes down to the love. It comes down to, and even as you say it, it's like the perfect examples of the birthdays. You know, we celebrate the missionary's birthday is hard here. You know, you get <laughs> up, you have to dance around, the lights go off. And it's like, and boy, do the missionaries love doing that yep. for our homeless friends. I, I think it's one of the main ways we celebrate that with them. And just like in this house, it doesn't make sense. I mean, you don't really need to go out of your way to make a cake for me. I mean, come on, I don't need it that bad, but we all need it a little bit. You know, it's like, it really is, it hits at that deeper thing. It's not the cake, you know, it's not, it's not the lights. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's the love. Yeah. The message behind the cake. Well, Father, again, thank you so much. And thanks for being a part of our family and wanting to come back and always a great father to us and and wanting to love us well thank you to our also to our christ in the city family that's listening to this podcast that's been following along with us we love you all and we thank you and we're we're very happy that you're a part of our family and we hope that you continue to pray for us pray for this family pray for the missionaries out on the streets pray for the cfrs please um that's a wrap amen amen well thank you again father Thank you guys. Thank you. And it is, it, it means a lot to me and Christ in the city and y'all mean a lot to me. So I'm, I'm grateful to be here and to, to have this little conversation and uh, yeah, to spend some more time today with, with the rest of the house. Love it. Great. Well, you will hear us all in a couple weeks. See ya. Bye. God bless. Mother Teresa, one of our patrons would say, if I look at the masses, I will not act. If I look at the one, I will. Because of these one-on-one encounters, because of people like you stepping out of your comfort zone, this mission is spreading. This mission is making its way into parishes, schools, seminaries, and communities nationwide. We have families making care kits for the homeless, college students coming on week-long mission trips and then going back on fire to serve the poor in their cities, seminarians in small groups across the country doing Christ in the City-style street ministry. This mission is becoming a national and worldwide endeavor, and we're so happy you're here. For even more in-depth Christ in the City training, videos, and interviews with the homeless, we invite you to join our known and loved monthly giving community. This is one of the most impactful ways you can join us in this mission. Visit ChristInTheCity.org and make a monthly gift today to join our known and loved community and receive a special Christ in the City gift. Imagine with me for a moment if every homeless person had one friend who cared about them. What a difference that would make in the world. And what if that one friend is you? You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, podcast platforms. And do us a favor and go hit subscribe and leave us a review. God bless you.